powerful time in worship, man. Thank you, guys. Where are they at? Oh, they're over here. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, they're, they're, one of the challenging things right now is that if you're a guy, there's no sports on TV. And uh, I, 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 do we have that slide by any chance? Do we have that? The, do you have it by any chance? The one that I sent you? Um, let, me, let me just show you then. Uh, regarding, I, I got this, uh, somebody posted on social media. Um, it says this, okay, I'll read it to you. It says, day two of no sports. Just started talking to the wife. She seems nice. I mean, some, some people, man. <laughs> but as you know, uh, there is a, a concern in our land, and I understand uh, that we are in the midst of a crisis in our land, but I still believe. I still believe God's on the throne. And when life seems to be out of control, the best thing you can do is not panic. But remember who you are and whose you are. If you're a child of God, you and I are not called to panic. And I want to make that clear, that uh, I'm not in panic mode. I know, I know people are rushing and buying. We went to Walmart the other day and all the disinfectants and all that, all wiped out and toilet paper. And, and by the way, let me just interject. If you take any toilet paper from a church... You, you, you may end up with 30 days of diarrhea, so I would not advise you to take that, okay? Uh, um, and, 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 and then I know people, someone had told me that even at a certain store, they were telling me, you better buy the meat that you can today, tonight, because by midnight, we're not going to have any meat till the next time. And, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm at peace. You know why? Because we live in the middle of the roach coach capital of the world. There will always be taco trucks in our region. And so I'm not worried. I just go have me a taco. Because I tell you, my, my, my homies at the taco truck, they know where the meat's at and how to get it. So we don't have to worry about that. But tonight, to this morning, I want to share with you a message I still believe. And I know it's going to encourage us as well as those of you that are watching live stream. I believe that this message will be a source of not only faith, but hope in these uncertain times. Now, last week, my wife began this two-part message series uh, of I Still Believe. And if you haven't seen the movie yet, I want to encourage you to get out there and see it. It is a great movie, great uh, quality movie. Uh, but last week, my wife, Pastor D, talked about unanswered prayer and discussed three practical ways we can respond when we are confused, frustrated, or angry about the way God is responding or not responding to us. When we find ourselves in those situations, we can choose to wait, to walk, or to worship. Today we are going to take it a step further and talk about the imperative ingredient needed in these 
and any of the other ways we choose to respond to God as the people of God. Conveniently, the imperative ingredient of our faith is, in fact, faith. Because the truth is, it takes faith to wait, faith to keep walking, and faith to worship. The author of Hebrews reminds us that in Hebrews 11:6, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But if you believe that God exists and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, you don't have to be in panic mode. You can be at peace. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. And the Apostle John makes it clear that our victory comes by faith. In 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5, in the Passion Translation, you see, every child of God overcomes the world. For our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So who are the world conquerors defeating its power? Those who believe. That Jesus is the Son of God. Do I have any believers here today? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Then you possess the power to triumph over the world. What is the world? It is a system of values and goals which excludes God. I understand that the global uh, community in which we live is in panic mode right now because they under, they've come to comprehend there are some things that are beyond our understanding, beyond the scope of what we've discovered to cure or to deal with. But here's the thing I keep in mind, that when it's out of their control, He is still the one who sits on His throne. He is not wringing His hands. He is not worried. He is not pacing heaven's floor. He is confident that ultimately his power and his purpose will be fulfilled in his world because the earth is the world and the world belongs to him, the fullness thereof and all that dwell in it. Now today we are going to be looking at three powerful examples of faith. Two of them come from the New Testament and one of them from the life of an extremely and bold missionary named Brother Andrew. But before we jump into those stories, I want to share with you again the chorus from Jeremy Camp's song, Walk by Faith. In it he sings, Well, I will walk by faith, even when I cannot see, because this broken road prepares your will for me. There are some of you here today who will hear these next stories and I pray you'll be encouraged by them. The broken road that you are currently traveling is difficult, but God has a plan and purpose for it. Even if you cannot see or understand what is happening, 
I want you to know that God is faithful. There are others who will hear these stories today and be reminded of the difficult seasons that God has faithfully delivered you from. And finally, there are those of you that are here today and who are watching on live stream who will sooner or later enter into a season that tests your faith. I can only hope that the stories I share today will come back to mind. And in the midst of frustration, in the midst of confusion and anger, you will choose to walk by faith. So let's look at the first story. Look with me at Mark's Gospel, the fifth chapter. We're going to look at the woman who interrupted Jesus as he walked with the man named Jairus. And the faith she had to exercise just to get to Christ. In Mark 5, 25 and 26, in the New King James, we read, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for how long? Twelve years. And had suffered how many things? Many things from many physicians. She had spent how much? All that she had. And was no better, but rather grew worse. This is... In and of itself, an incredibly difficult position to be in. She's sick. She's seeing doctors. And she's getting nowhere. To add insult to injury, she spent all her money in the process. And after 12 long years, she truly has no options left. What we don't learn from this passage in Mark 5 is that her issue of bleeding would have made her ceremonially unclean according to the Levitical law, which we can read about in Leviticus chapter 15, verses 25 through 27. Let me summarize what it reveals. Being unclean would have excluded her from all forms of Jewish worship, both in the synagogue and at the temple. Every chair and bed she sat on or slept in would also be unclean during the time of her bleeding. And anyone who touched them would become unclean. Now, think about the stigma that was associated with her condition. And it can also be confusing when you look at this information But it helps us to comprehend the pain and loneliness that this woman was living in. For 12 years, she was unable to worship with her community, unable to share her home with others, and unable to find relief from her pain for 12 years. And then on top of that, she spent all that she had and she was not getting better. Things were going from bad to worse. But it is from this desperate place that an unbelievable act of faith and correspondingly tremendous miracle occur. We read in verses 27 through 29, When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall 
be made well. Did you hear that? She said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. In other words, there was no doubt in her mind. All I got to do is get to where he's at and touch his clothes and I shall be made whole. Then the Bible says, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. The woman experienced an immediate miracle as the healing power of Christ flowed into her body. She was instantly restored to fellowship, to community, and to physical health because of her bold act of faith. Where did this faith come from? She heard, it tells us, she heard of Jesus. She heard of Jesus. She heard that He was a healer. She heard that He was a deliverer. She heard that He had all power. That there was no manner of sickness and disease that He could not cure. She heard. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But did you notice it says that she said. She heard and then she said because faith that hears is also faith that speaks she said but what you don't read there is how it reads in the literal language it reads she kept saying if i just touch his clothes i shall be made whole why did she keep singing it saying it because she was encouraging herself and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god let me encourage those of you that are here and those of you that are in, on live stream quit parenting Quit parroting what CNN, MSNBC, and all these news stations are saying. Say, child of God, what thus saith the Lord is. Declare what He has promised. Declare what He has stated. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She kept saying as she was moving her way to where Jesus was. The Bible tells us that there was a crowd around him. She had to press in. She had to press in. But while she's pressing in, she's declaring. She's saying over and over again, if I just touch his clothes, I will be made well. Let me encourage you to encourage yourself in the middle of your trial, in the middle of your trouble when things go bad from bad to worse don't throw in the towel but declare with your mouth my God is still on the throne he will work all things together for good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose Woo! I'm not giving you leftovers I gave it all I had in Cutler, but I, I feel the second, second wind. I feel a turbo charge coming on. Ah! And bold faith. She had bold faith. And, and it's bold faith that is exactly how I would describe the subject of our next story as well. A gentleman by the name of Andrew Van Der Bill. Hopefully that's the way you announce it. Or Brother Andrew is a Christian missionary and founder of the organization Open Doors, who is known for smuggling Bibles into communist countries during the height of the Cold War. One of the most loved Brother Andrew stories recounts a risky incident from early in his ministry 
And I want to share it with you today as our second story of faith. On this particular occasion, Brother Andrew approached the Romanian border in his car, which was packed with illegal Bibles. He could only hope the border guards were moving swiftly and not paying much attention, which might allow him to pass through undetected. But just as he was hoping for this, Brother Andrew saw the guard stop the car at the front of the line. He watched in anticipation as the vehicle's owners were forced to take out all of the car's contents and spread them on the ground for inspection. Each car that followed received the same treatment and the fourth car's inspection lasting the longest. The guard took a full hour to sift through it, including removing hubcaps, taking the engine apart, and even removing the seats. Dear Lord, Brother Andrew remembers praying, What am I going to do? As he prayed, a bold idea came to Brother Andrew. I know that no amount of cleverness on my part can get me through the border search Dare I ask for a miracle? Let me take some of the Bibles out and leave them in the open where they will be seen. Putting the Bibles out in the open would truly be depending on God rather than his own intelligence, he thought. So when the guards ushered Andrew forward, he did just this. I handed him my papers and started to get out, but his knee was against the door holding it closed. And then the almost unbelievable happened. The guard looked at Brother Andrew's passport and abruptly, abruptly waved him on. Surely 30 seconds had not passed, he remembered. Brother Andrew started the engine and began pulling away all the while, wondering if he was supposed to pull over so the car could be taken apart and examined. These are his words. I coasted forward, my foot poised above the brake. Nothing happened. I looked out the rear mirror. The guard was waving the next car to a stop, indicating that the driver had to get out. God cleared the way for Brother Andrew to smuggle the Bibles to Christians who had no access to God's Word. I want you to understand, God has the power to do the impossible, but you've got to be willing to exercise bold faith. Without risk, there will be no reward. But when God calls you to carry out His mission, His mission will always be backed by His power. And where there seems to be no way, He will make a way. I want to be clear to you today. You may find yourself feeling that you are in a situation that is out of your control. May may I encourage you by telling you that's a good thing because sometimes we need to be brought down to our knees in order that we will be reminded that our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Ah, faith often precipitates a step into the unknown. But some of you would say, but pastor, 
I don't have much faith. My faith is not that big. But remember what Jesus said. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here to there and it will be moved. Why? Because it's not the size of your faith that matters. It's the source of your faith. Even if you have little faith, if you put it in the big God, He will do a big thing on your behalf. Our last story highlights a father who pleaded, persisted, and received a prize, a reward. Back to Mark chapter 5. Earlier I mentioned there was a man that Jesus was walking with on his way to heal the man's daughter. The father's name was Jairus. I've shared with you before in a previous message Jairus means whom God enlightens, whom God illuminates. Jairus was about to be lit. How many of you like to be lit by God? Huh? Jairus was about to be lit by God. And I believe that God wants to light you up today. And as I share this part of the message, I believe some of you are going to be lit. You're, you're going to be illuminated. Your eyes are going to open to truth that you haven't considered in the midst of this crisis. I want to highlight some things the scriptures highlight about this man. First, his exercising humility. His exercising humility. We read there in Mark 5, 22 and 23 in the New Living Translation. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, notice, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Notice, the Bible points out, he was a man of position. He was a man who had a title. He was a man of prominence within the religious community. He was a leader in the synagogue. He was a man of prominence. He was a man with a title. He was a man with position. But when he comes to Jesus, the scripture says that he fell on his knees before the Lord. Why? Because here was a man of authority, recognizing that he was now before one who possessed greater authority than him. That's why the scripture says, oh, come, let us worship and bow down before the Lord our God our maker. Why? Because when we kneel, when we bow, we are recognizing we are inferior. He is superior. We are recognizing that no matter if we hold a position or have a title, there is one who is the ultimate authority. Church, I want to remind you, CWC Life, I want to remind you, He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the God of Gods. And it doesn't matter what man is unable to do with God. All things are possible because he has all authority in heaven and on earth his humility was displayed as he bowed as he kneeled before the lord then secondly we see his choosing to keep on believing 
His choosing to keep on believing. For it tells us in verses 35 and 36 of Mark 5 in the Passion Translation. And before he had finished speaking, people arrived from Jairus' house and pushed through the crowd to give Jairus the news. There's no need to trouble the master any longer. Your daughter has died. But Jesus refused to listen to what they were told and said to the Jewish official, Don't yield to fear. All you need to do is to keep on believing. How many believers do I have here today? Then I want to remind you. I want to command you. I want to exhort you. Don't yield to fear. But rather keep on believing. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Fix your eyes, not on your television set. Fix them on Jesus. Lift your eyes higher than whatever is being stated here on earth to the one who rules over all. And keep on believing. You know what happened. He's taking Jesus with him to his house to heal his daughter. And on the way, as we saw earlier, they were interrupted by the woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. And the delay resulted as they were returning to make their journey to the man's house, to Jairus' house. He gets the bad news. Your daughter is dead. But how do we know that he kept on believing? Because he kept walking with Jesus. He kept leading Jesus to his house. He kept in on the journey with Jesus. I want to encourage you today. Stick to Jesus. No matter what kind of news you get, keep walking with Jesus. Because Jesus is faithful. Jesus is true. Jesus is loyal. Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And when you get bad news, he will not become frantic. He will not faint. He will not become dismayed. He will reassure you that he's got it and he's got you in the process. And the third thing, the third thing that is highlighted is more than I asked for receiving. Is more than I asked for receiving. I'm behaving. I know, I know. I'm trying to behave right now. Look at Mark 5, 38 to 42 in the New Living. It says, when they came to the home of the synagogue leader... Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. Uh, He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? Watch this. The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. But if you would have checked on the child, you would have found she didn't have a pulse. She wasn't breathing. But Jesus said, the child isn't dead. Because in our mind, when something's dead, it's over. But Jesus, when he said, the child isn't dead, 
she's only asleep. He was saying, this isn't permanent. This is temporal. Y'all think she's dead because she has no pulse. She's not breathing. But I'm here as ultimate authority to tell you her condition isn't permanent. It's temporal. It's like when Jesus showed up four days late to Lazarus' place in front of his tomb. He said, before he got there, he told his disciples, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. But Lazarus is dead for four days. But Jesus shows up. What he was saying is, what man says is the final chapter isn't the final chapter. Because Jesus, he's alpha beginning. He's omega. He's in. It's not over, my friend, when man says it's over. It's only over after God has spoken the last word. Ah, may I remind you today, the one that showed up at Jairus' house was lighting him up by pointing out to him, your daughter's condition is only temporal. It's not permanent. Why? Because of what he said to Martha and to Mary. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Can I tell you something? Jesus is a specialist at messing up funerals. Jesus is a specialist at healing any time of type of sickness or disease. And so here in the U.S. of A., we need to be reminded we are not at the mercy of the doctors and physicians of this land. We applaud what they're doing. We stand with them in prayer. But ultimately, we know that God can still make a way. He went to Jesus for a healing. He ended up with a resurrection. Some of you are all upset. I go, well, I don't know what you're doing. How come you're not answering the way I want? Why are you taking so long? Lord, you're not giving me what I asked you for. What if God has something in mind that you haven't even asked him for? What if, like Jairus, God is causing you to wait because he wants you to know you're asking for this, but I got something more powerful and more bigger that I can perform, that I'm setting you up for. I know in the short term you're discouraged, you're frustrated, you're angry, but keep on believing because when it's all said and done, you will discover that I'm able to do even above, beyond all that you ask or think according to my power that is at work. (laughs) Pastor came to preach. I did. Because I know it's real. I would never know that God is greater than depression. And anxiety. 
unless I had gone into the pit of despair. But I'm here to tell you, I know he heals depression. I know he heals anxiety. I would have never known you could have joy in the midst of sorrow unless I leaned on God when my daddy and my mama were taken from me. But I'm telling you, do I miss them? Yes, but there's a joy inside of me unspeakable and full of glory. I'm telling you, if I had not gone through it, I would have not known the, the sphere, the circumference, the, uh, the, the grandeur of God's ability and power. But some of us here today can testify. We know that He is a broken heart heart healer because he healed our broken heart. We know that he can deliver from uh, thoughts of despair and even of suicide because he delivered us from it. We were thinking it, but we cried unto him and in the midst of our crying, he did more than touch us. He transformed us. We got more than we expected. We just wanted relief, but he brought release. Woo! Now, as I bring this message to a close, the fact of the matter is life is a journey. It takes strength, encouragement, and faith. I think that's why, at least in part, the writer of Hebrews pens in Hebrews 10, 24, 25, the words that we see on the screen. Let us consider... How we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. This is why we're here. This is why we gathered in Cutler this morning. This is why I'm here. Because I not only need him, I need you. I need the body of Christ. This morning in color, I felt God's presence in a powerful way in worship. And I told him, you know what? It wasn't just because I was singing to God. But it's because I heard you singing with the same passion. The same belief that his name is beautiful. It's wonderful. It's powerful. My faith was lifted. It's been lifted throughout this service as I look at you because like I've I've said it often and I'll repeat it. I know stories that are in this room. And I know what God has done. And when I see you, I'm reminded he's been faithful. (laughs) He's seen us through another week. He's He's helped us through challenges. We need community. We need one another to be reminded we're not alone in this journey. and That God is faithful. So I hope that these stories have encouraged you today. Whether you are in the midst of a difficult season or on the other side of one or possibly heading towards one. It is our collective testimonies of God's faithfulness that help spur each other on. Now, 
you haven't seen the movie, go and see it. I don't want to spoil anything. Somebody tried to get me to spoil in color. There's always a metiche as a cook. No, just kidding. <laughs> but I do want to share this about Jeremy Camp. He wrote a song called, I Still Believe. I Still Believe. And there's one line from the song he wrote, conveniently called, I Still Believe. In the midst of his own frustration, confusion, and sadness, Camp wrote this as a last line of his chorus. Even when I don't see, I still believe. That's what I want to leave you with today. In the midst of life storms, when things aren't making sense, and you don't know how to respond, to the ways God is responding to you or maybe not responding. I pray that you make up your mind. I still believe. So I'm going to keep on waiting. I still believe. So I'm going to keep on walking. I still believe. So I'm going to keep on worshiping. That's why you find me at the altar every service. Because your pastor is weak, but he is strong. Because there's times your pastor doesn't know what to do, but he knows all things. There's times when we're under attack. And this warrior is a child who recognizes unless daddy helps me. Unless daddy sustains me, I cannot bear this. I still believe. Even when I don't see, I still believe. For me, the line that stood out in the movie was when, I'm going to spoil it. Jeremy Camp's father said this. My life is full. Not in spite of disappointments, but because of them. My life is full. Not in spite of disappointments, but because of them. How many, well, I'll, I'll be the confessor. I was a travieso sometimes growing up. means I was, I was sometimes bad. My brother was worse, and I see my problem. <laughs> but there's some things that happened in those travieso years, in those naughty times, that... You know how it is when you go through something and you barely made it through that one? Huh? And you know how you joke about it after and you're like... (laughs) But your life is full because you're able to look back and say, I made it. I don't know how, but I made it. 
And that's the same way. I went through disappointments. But here's what I discovered. Disappointments. My disappointments are his appointments. For the woman with the issue of blood of 12 years, her disappointment turned into his appointment. Jairus is receiving the bad news of his daughter going from sick to dead was a disappointment, but it turned out to be his appointment. And it's now that we look back and we can say, my life is full because I learned in those disappointments. He's still faithful. He's still good. We love you, Lord, and we praise you today because you are mighty. There's nothing too hard for you. And, Father, in this place, we thank you that there's peace through you, the Lord of peace. You give peace in every way. And I speak your peace over your people right now. Shalom, wholeness, well-being. Those watching online, Lord, through live stream on Facebook, I declare shalom, peace. And I pray as your word says in 2 Thessalonians 3.16, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace by all means in every way. The Lord be with you. I declare peace over the storm. I declare peace over the storm today. In our nation, I declare peace over your sons and daughters. I declare that we will be salt and light in the midst of these times. We will not be in hiding but we will shine we will serve we will represent you as your ambassadors we will share the message of hope during these times Lord we will not be silent we will not be shy about our faith But we will speak your words of life and your promises. Because you are faithful to watch over your word and perform it. As you're in that posture of prayer, we're going to join in prayer right now. We're going to unite in prayer. Our president has called for a national day of prayer. And we're going to pray for four different things today and I want you just to join with me in agreement in prayer Heavenly Father we come to you and we plead with you that in your mercy you would stop this pandemic and you would save lives not only in our communities but around our world particularly in places that are unequipped medically to deal 
with this virus. We ask you, Lord, in your mercy, stretch forth your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done. Through the name of your holy servant Jesus, I pray. We sang about it today. Jesus, your name is a powerful name. It is a name above every name. Your name is above coronavirus. Jesus the Christ, you are greater than coronavirus. We pray, manifest your power. Manifest your power throughout our land. We come against coronavirus in the name of Jesus. For it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We agree that Jesus is greater. Jesus, you are the healer, the great physician. And to you we call. Father God, we also pray for our president, Donald Trump and other government leaders, international, federal, state, and local, to have the wisdom to direct us in the best courses of action for prevention and care. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you, the only true and wise God, would grant wisdom that is from above. Lord, your word teaches us in the book of Psalms 90 verse 12 to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. We pray, Lord, give us wisdom in this moment of fear as the foundations of what we know are shaken that others would realize how fragile life is and how real eternity is and that they would turn to you the one who came to give eternal life that they would turn to you their eyes would be opened that you alone are the Savior. We pray this in Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask you to protect our missionaries and their families around the globe. Be with them. Be with them. Be their provider. Be their sustainer. Be their protector. And we pray that in the midst of this crisis, your church would arise. And the gospel would make inroads in hearts and lives that are in need of the salvation that is found in you. 
Whoever will call upon the Lord, the name of the Lord, your word says, shall be saved. May we declare his name. May we share what he has done and made possible. We thank you that you hear our prayers, but you also respond in power. We decree and declare victory. The victory of Christ Jesus. The victory that is ours through Christ Jesus. We declare it today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you give him praise? He's worthy. Amen. Isn't God good? I said, isn't he good?